Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Thank you also for the opportunity, for the ability, the privilege, the responsibility, the blessing of being able to speak today. Um, this actually is my third time to do this, and so I promise you next year on the 40th, I will not be the one speaking, all right? We have someone we're talking to, and you're going to be blessed, 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 blessed. Amen. Praying about today, though, wanting to do exactly what God would have me to do, and I had some of the people want to know since the last time that I spoke, I had a little rap that I started out with, and was I going to do that again? And as I thought about it and prayed about it, I just thought, you know, I don't want to get in the way of anything today and all of that yo, 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 heavy tea in the house. That might just get in the way, all right? So I'm not going to do that, all right? I just, I'm going to let it go, and that, that won't be a part of today. But I tell you what is a part of today. And I know you've already experienced it. It's the Holy Spirit here. I'm telling you, first service, the worship, this service, the, the prayer time has just been phenomenal. But what God is, has been doing, I said earlier, and I even heard Pastor Emilio said, and I agree since the beginning of this year, but really it even goes back even further that there were some evidence and things that God was doing. I think it's kind of ramped up. Uh, since the beginning of uh, 2020. But guys, that only means it's going to get better because God never starts and then pulls back. Uh, He always starts and he just continues to move and I believe momentum moves with him. Pastor sent out a text to uh, all of the pastoral staff last Sunday evening and in that text he said this, God is up to big things in this season of prophetic opportunity. And we are in just that, a very prophetic opportunity. As I was praying about today, I asked God, let it be a a Sunday of appreciation that is a prophetic Sunday. That's a prophetic appreciation, not just of the past, but looking forward to what God has called us to. Because if we're not looking forward, now thank God prophecy may have already been fulfilled. But God is still prophesying over his people. God still has a work and a calling and a destiny to be done. So God, let that prophetic opportunity continue. And even this morning and the second service here as well, uh, God began to prophesy through Pastor Emilio over Pastor and Phyllis and just continue to let God work. You know what? When God has called you to a house, just like he has called you and me, us, to this house, The calling, the anointing, the vision that is given is not just given to our senior pastors, but it is given to us as well. Have you ever noticed that when God places a shepherd in among the sheep? Now there's all, there always has to be a shepherd. We know the shepherd is Jesus Christ, but then he places shepherds within the body, within the flock, within local expressions of the body of Christ, such as Calvary, such as Pastor and Phyllis, but he gives them a vision. He tells the shepherd when it's time to get up and move. He tells the shepherd what brook, what stream they need to go by. He tells the shepherd what green field they need to be in. And if the sheep are wise and they don't want to get lost, they don't want to get left behind, they follow the shepherd. 
Pastor and I were talking earlier uh, today, matter of fact, and uh, we were just talking about uh, some pastors that have experienced some things recently. And I said, one of the reasons is because people have not caught the vision that God has given that pastor for that house. But you know what? And I say this with all of my heart, and I believe this. You have caught and you are catching the vision that God has given our pastors. That's why you willingly show your appreciation like today. That's why we willingly say, Pastor, where is God leading us? We want to go. We want to be a part of that. You lead us there. We're going to follow. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit to do everything that He's placed within your heart, within our heart to do, because we have the vision of this house. You know, I'm convinced that's why some marriages don't persist, is because there's a dual vision. There can only be one vision for the house. God has said that the husband is to be the head of the household. He better be praying and asking for a vision for that house. Now he shares that vision with the wife. They talk it over. They pray together with it. And how many of you know wives are good at critiquing and kind of, you know, doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that? That's okay. But the husband better be getting the vision. Our pastors are getting the vision. And because of that, and because we're taking it and we're running with it, there's no division within this house. I've been here 23 years. I've been pastoring almost 43 years. And I can honestly say there have, I can't remember a time there's really been division within this house. Have we gone through some up times and down times? Yes, but not because of division. And it's because you continually say, yes, I see that vision. I hear that vision. I receive that vision. I'm a part of that vision. And we get behind our pastors and we go with him. When we get behind our pastors, what that's saying is we get behind what God is doing. We're not exalting them in the place of God. We're just recognizing that God's hand is on them. They've called him for such a time as this. He's called them to lead us into those pastures by those brooks by those streams of refreshing water and we will be wise to follow where God is leading our shepherd. Can you say amen to all of that? Amen. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5. Pastor shared on this scripture, I think it was actually probably two weeks ago. Bishop Swilly was last week, two weeks ago from Ephesians 5. And I'm not even going to attempt to rehash what he did. But as I prayed and studied for this, this just fit right in with what God was saying to me about today in this message today. So Ephesians 5 and beginning at verse 15. And I'm reading from uh, the Passion Translation. I think that's probably what will be on the screen in just a moment. But Paul said, so be very careful how you live. Not being like those with no understanding. Aren't you glad that we can have understanding in this day and time that we live? That we don't have to be wandering around like a blind person, just feeling and looking, but we can have understanding. We can know what's going on. You know what? Even though I hear the news and I hear the rhetoric of what's going on in Washington around the world today, but then I read the Word of God and I have understanding of why all of that's going on. God said it was going to go on. 
So when we have that understanding, we're not filled with fear. We don't sit in, the, in our little house and worry about what's going to happen. So be very careful how you live, not being like those with no understanding, but live honorably with true wisdom. For we're living in evil times. Duh. We understand that. It is evil times. But God is giving us wisdom again through the Holy Spirit. It's like Bishop Swilly said last week, the Holy Spirit, our guide, will lead us and guide us into all truth. And God is doing just that. And then he said, take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes. We cannot afford, ladies and gentlemen, to have missed opportunities in these last days. And God has given us opportunities every single day. He may not give me one every day, but when when he doesn't give me something, he'll give you something. He may not give you something every day, but when he doesn't give it to you, he'll give it to somebody else. There's an opportunity happening within this body right here every single day, multiple, multiple, multiple times every single day. And we cannot afford to miss those opportunities. God has strategically placed each and every one of us, you and myself, He has strategically placed us within North Alabama so that we can be there when whatever opportunity arises, we will be there in the middle of that opportunity. We'll have the wisdom, we'll have the understanding, we'll have the discernment for that opportunity and we can take advantage of it and we can give God the glory for all of those things. How many of you are glad for that? Amen. God is working in you. God is using you, but he wants to work and he wants to use you in a greater and greater way. So again, going along with what Pastor said, we cannot afford to have that cave mentality. We can't afford to be like the prophet and have one victory and then run away in fear because the queen's looking for us and we hide away in a cave. We can't go in the bunker. We can't sing the song, hold the fort till Jesus comes. There's no fort I want to hold. There's wilderness and there's property I want to go out there and conquer. Amen? But I don't want to hold a fort. And God's not called me to hold a bunker. He's not called me to go into a cave and and hide. What I found is you go into a cave and you hide. You stay there long enough, you'll die. And what they'll find when they come looking for you are some dry bones. No. Well, that's... That's the last place I saw Pastor Tony go, but he's not here now. I wonder where he is. He's out there in the wilderness. He's conquering. He's doing what God's called him to. He's taking advantage of every opportunity that God is placing at his disposal. And God is giving every one of us opportunities every single day because we don't have that cave and bunker mentality. Parents, you can't afford to have a cave mentality. Parents, 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 not one time did I say buddy, friend, pal, bosom companion. I love my son and I'm not going to make him mad at me. Just between us, he could probably take me now, okay, but... So I have to be careful what I say around him. You know what? I I think there was a friendship between he and I. I know there was, but there was also a father-son relationship. 
I told you, told the first service, I'll tell you where the, the term and phrase and nickname heavy tea came from. I didn't come up with that. Josh and his buddies came up with that. Heavy tea. Now, when Josh and his buddies were around, heavy tea was all right there to have fun with. But you know what? Dad still was in control of the house. How many of you understand that? Amen? Amen. Don't sit back there and smile like you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> good man. Good man. Good wife that he has now. Amen. But God has called us to be parents and not lose opportunities. Parents will look at their children and say, I don't know what happened to them. I don't know what went wrong. Were we parenting all along the way? Let me tell you something. You speak the word of God in their life. You declare blessings of the Lord over them. They will eventually, if not now, they will tomorrow. They will follow the word of God. They will follow the anointing and leading of the Holy Spirit. But guys, you've got to speak something into their life. And you've got to be willing to be disciplinarians. You've got to be willing to say, this is what the word of God says. And for me and my house, we're going to follow the Lord. We're going to do what he's called us to do. And they'll want to have that same thing because they'll see the anointing and the blessing of God in your life. And they'll want it in their lives as well. Parents, employers, employees. Employers, pray. Don't miss an opportunity. Employees, pray. Don't miss an opportunity. Christians, pray. I backed off in first service. But I'm I'm just going to step in it in second service. Look, there's nothing that can any more infuriate me than what happens in Washington, D.C. Okay? But I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to hear me or see me walking around bad-mouthing, bashing Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians, Independents. i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what the Word of God says, and I'm going to pray for them. Because instead of me bashing them, I'd rather have the Holy Spirit convicting them. I'd rather have the Holy Spirit drawing their heart to God, letting the Holy Spirit do what He was sent on the earth to do, letting me do what I was sent here to do, and that was to pray for them, to pray for my leaders and believe God to bless them. Guys, it's high time that the church be the church, Christians be Christians, and don't allow any opportunity to pass you by. And I'm speaking to me, all of us. And the good thing is, you've got to love me. Even if you don't agree with me, you've got to love me. You're going to go to heaven, you've got to love me. Amen. Amen. And then Paul tells us how to not miss an opportunity. I'm not going to take time, but if you go on down a little bit further in Ephesians 5, he says, by being full. And that verbiage there is by being, 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 continually filled with the Holy Spirit. You can't do it on your own. You can't do it just from being And as much as I love pastor's teaching, I can't do it just from his teaching. I have to allow the Holy Spirit to anoint his teaching in my life so I can have understanding and discernment and wisdom. And then the Holy Spirit give me that and show me how to walk out what he has taught me in the messages that he brings. But the Holy Spirit will do it. Amen. Now, moving on, let's go over to Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon, chapter 2. 
And I know you're saying to yourself, what in the world does the Song of Solomon have to do with a day like today? Showing appreciation and honor. I understand what this book is about. I love the Song of Solomon. I, I love to read this and reread it. And to be quite frank with you, this one chapter, chapter 2, for the last two weeks I have read it two and three times every day. Every day to just to glean everything I could from what the Holy Spirit was saying in this. In the Song of Solomon, we know that Jesus, the bridegroom, we are the bride that we have that relationship and is talking about the not just the present relationship, but even the future relationship of Jesus and the church. But I also began to see some other things, some things concerning their lives and things concerning us as a church here at Calvary. And so in the Song of Solomon, chapter 2, I'm going to begin at verse 10. And it says there, the one I love calls to me, arise. Now remember that word, I'll I'll come back to that word in just a moment. But it says, arise my dearest, hurry my darling, come away with me. I have come as you have asked to draw you to my heart and lead you out. For now is the time, my beautiful one. Let me just take a moment there. Now is the time. The time, my beautiful one. You see, we don't want to miss opportunities. If you've missed an opportunity, you've missed now is the time. That's what now is the time means. Now is the opportunity. And he's saying to us very clearly, now is the time, the season, listen to this in verse 11, The season has changed, and the bondage of your barren winter has ended. Guys, the season has changed. Didn't say it was changing. It says it has changed. Now, so often we look out in the wintertime, and we see all the leaves are gone, and everything appears to be dead, but it's not. It's just dormant. It's not dead. It's dormant. And I I think sometimes that's what we've experienced in those highs and lows and ebbs and flows and ups and downs. We've experienced some really alive moments and some dormant moments. But I can honestly say in the 23 years I'm here and I really know and believe in the 39 years y'all have been here, there have been no dead moments. Can you say amen to that? Yes, you can. But he said, the season has changed and the bondage of your barren winter has ended. Guys, I know that God put things in Pastor and Phyllis's heart. Pastor Emilio twice has prophesied over that today. But the things that he has put there, they've not seen everything come to fruition. I don't know how many of you caught the, this, but you know, when we were looking at the pictures a moment ago, how many of you saw the the uh, inner structure of the old church over there, the steel. How many of you know what's happening right now around that building? You know what? They're getting ready to tear that down. Sharon leaned up to me and she said, season has changed. The season has changed. Amen. Amen. Hey, you know what? I thank God for everything that happened in that old building. 
I thank God for the way he moved there. Because of what he did there, it brought us here. But you've got to understand something. This is not our stopping place. God has brought us here to go further. He brought us across the river and into this expanse so that we can do even more for him. God still has a calling. He still has a purpose. He still has a destiny in their lives, in your life, in our life as a congregation because the season has changed and the bondage of that barren winter has ended. And the season of hiding is over and gone. There's no need to hide. I'm a tongue-talking Christian. And I'm not ashamed of that. Telling someone recently, several years ago, I I was dealing with a second kidney stone. And uh, Sharon and Josh happened to be out of town. I think they were in Kentucky that Friday night. And so around midnight, I drove myself to Parkway Hospital with a kidney stone. I went in, told them how much pain I was having. Mr. Willis, we'll get right with you if you'll just have a seat over there. Okay. Nice and compliant. I went and sat down. 30, 45 minutes went by. I got back up and I said, ma'am, I understand you have other people in here, but you need to understand I am really, really in pain. I'm having a kidney stone. I know what this is. I need to go back and see the doctor. Mr. Willis, we'll get to you as soon as we possibly can. I waited about another 30 minutes and I had another kidney stone pain hit me. I stood straight up in the air. They had me back there in five minutes. Now, I didn't do it so they would do that, but boy, I learned a lesson. (laughs) Mess with me, I'm going to talk to my father in tongues, hallelujah. (laughs) I'm not going to hide being who I am. Now look, I'm not going to be some aggravating in your face, blah, 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 whatever adjective you want to put there, but I'm not going to hide and be ashamed of who I am in Jesus Christ. (laughs) A few Sundays ago, Apostle Patty was here. And as she was up speaking that morning, and again, I can't remember the exact verbiage she used, but in the midst of that, she used a word. She said, shift shift. And when I heard her say that, that went through me and the Holy Spirit was saying, listen to that word. Listen to that word. That's what's happening. That's what I'm doing right now. The season has changed. And so as I began to study, I looked at the word and I looked at definition. Listen to this. One of the definitions for shift means to change gears. There's some of you guys, y'all need to change gears. Y'all been in first long enough, and you're grinding that thing out. You need to change gears. Go to second at least, all right? And after you've been there a while, try third for a little while. And if you've got one that's a fourth or a fifth gear, keep moving on down. I tell you what, the more, the more you change gears, the faster you can get. The more you change gears, the further you can go. You stay in first gear, you're either going to stay where you are, blow it up, or aggravate somebody until they knock you off the road. You need to change gears this morning. Amen. <laughs> Did that resonate with somebody? I think it did. First car I ever had, 1952 Chevrolet Coupe. Brown on the bottom, white on the top, three, uh, three gears on the column, and it would scrape every time going into second gear. 
And I thought, well, I'm going to make it stop doing that. And I'd get it up as high as I could in first, and I'd go immediately to third. But you know what? I would Every time I would lose power when I missed that second gear and tried to go straight to third. God has a procession. And it's not to slow you down, but it is to get you where you're going in the way that he wants to get you there. But you have to change gears. You have to. Amen. The second definition says to change direction because of a wind shift. We're experiencing a lot of that. The wind is shifting. God is moving. God is blowing by his Holy Spirit. In our services, I I talk to people in their homes uh, individually. God is moving. His wind is blowing by his Holy Spirit. And then a third definition was to change place or position. Wow. I want to say this and I want you to listen. I don't know who this is for and I really believe it's for more than one person. God has been speaking to some people in here today that it was time for you to change place or position. He's been calling you to leadership. He's been calling you to have a greater hold of pastor's vision, to follow him on a closer level. God is calling you into leadership and it is time for you to change position. It is time for you to change place, change position where God has called you for what God has called, he will anoint. What God has called and anoint, he'll give you everything you need. You need to quit looking at what you have and don't have. And you need to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. And let him call you and place you in leadership where you he wants you to be. Change your position. I just want to make sure. Well, God didn't call me here to be in leadership. Because the last time I was in leadership, I got hurt in that other place. And I'm not going to allow myself to be in a position to ever be hurt like that again. Boy. I'm glad Jesus didn't feel that way right after they had beat him. I'm glad he took the beating and went on to Calvary. Because he went on to Calvary, there was a resurrection. Because there was a resurrection, there was complete and total victory. I don't know what you've been through in the past, and and you know I'm talking to you. You may have been hurt, and I don't doubt that. But you're in a new place at a new time. And God's called you to leadership, and you need to let go of the past. You need to forgive. Ooh. You need to forgive. You need to forgive. And you need to lead to let the past go so that God can bring you into full leadership. Now, there may be some training necessary, and not just maybe, probably will be training necessary. But God's got that in place for you, too. God's called you to this house. Not just to sit and warm up a chair, started to say a pew, but a chair. But God's called you to this house to be a doer of the work of God. So be that doer that God has called you to be of his word. Amen. Amen. Verse 12. Where am I? Verse 12. 
talked about the rains have soaked the earth. And boy, that's, that's true here lately. But verse 12 says, It left it bright with blossoming flowers. The season for singing and pruning the vines has arrived. I want to, I want someone to check on something. Check on this first service. How many of you have ever heard that Valentine's Day was the day to prune your roses? I, there's one hand up in this whole building. You see whose hand that is? That is my lovely wife. Guess where I was? Valentine's Day. I was out in, in the house that we're getting ready to sell. I was pruning rose bushes, being pricked and plucked and everything else. And you know what? She's probably standing up there in the house looking at me and said, Look at my man. Hallelujah. I asked him to go prune the roses, and he loves me. He's out there doing it, even though nobody else knows anything about what I'm having him to do. I love you, sweetheart. I'd have pruned those roses, whether I'm supposed to or not. You tell me to do it, I'll go do it, because I love you. Hallelujah. Hey, man, I know what side my bread's buttered on, okay? Ooh. Dear God, now I've got to look at my notes and figure out where I was. <laughs> oh, change. I, I, I've got to go back here for just a moment. Computerese. There is a word that if, if you don't change this, you may change your font, size, uh, the way that the, the letters are used and everything. But if you don't go in and purposely change this, when you shut the computer off and turn it back on and come back to it, it'll automatically do what? Default right back to that. And did you know that's what is happening with many of us today? We want to change, but we don't change our default. So we come into a church service like this, and oh, praise God, we're enjoying it. The Holy Spirit's moving. Hallelujah. We're raising our hands, and we're singing, and we're praying in tongues, and everything's wonderful. And because we haven't changed the default, though, we walk out those doors, and something happens that we don't like, and all of that anger and all of that frustration comes back. You know why? Because the default has not been changed. And when you change the default is when you really change. Change is not change until it's changed. We have to change the default before the change can permanently and... Oh, hallelujah. I'm so glad the Holy Spirit's got a filter, and I don't. He can sometimes put his hand on my mouth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. But when we change the default, we'll allow real change to take place in our lives. Let me just continue to read down through this. Verse 12 says... And it left bright with blossoming flowers, a season of singing and pruning the vines has arrived. I hear the cooing of doves in our land, filling the air with songs to awaken you and guide you forth. Can you not discern the new day of destiny breaking forth around you? Guys, we're in a new day of destiny. Pastor and Phyllis, I'm going to tell you, you're in a new day of destiny. It may have been 39 years, but there's going to be many, many, many more because this is a brand new day of destiny breaking forth all around you. The early signs of my purpose 
purpose and plans are bursting forth. And again, everything he's placed within your heart, not one thing will be dropped by the wayside, but everything God has placed in your heart, he is going to fulfill. His purpose and his plans are bursting forth. The budding vines of new life are now blooming everywhere. The fragrance of their flowers whispers. There is change in the air. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place, for now is the time to arise and come away with me. Arise. Psalm 68 verses 1 and 2 says, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. I'm telling you guys, God is arising in this time. God is on the move in this time. And as God arises, his enemies are scattered. When Moses would send forth that declaration and the trumpet would sound, the people knew that they'd better get up, pack their tent up and get ready to move or either they were going to be left where they had place their tents down. But I'm telling you, God has called us, everyone. We're all to go together. There's not to be anybody left to the side or on the uh, behind there, anyone. God has called us to follow him. He is saying, I'm arising. I want you to go with me. I want you to follow me into every plan and every purpose I have designated for you. For today is my day. Today is my calling on your life. I am arising. Go with me. Follow me in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And in the last thing I want to share with you, listen to this, verse 15. All of this is wonderful. But the bridegroom says, but in order for all of this to happen, you must catch those troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. You know, I thank God for the relationship that I have with him, but I have to be open and honest with myself about this. If I'm not careful, there are times I can let sly little foxes come in. You know what? The enemy never attacks me with some big, bold bear. He comes with those sly little foxes. But the bridegroom said, you must catch the troubling foxes. Those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. For they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me, from me? Or for me? I'm sorry. Will you catch them? He's asking us to do it. And he's getting he's wanting that answer. Yes, yes, Lord, I'll catch them. I'll do whatever I need to do to get rid of those sly little foxes so that our relationship will not be hindered. So that everything you have planned for me, everything you have planned for this house will be accomplished. And then look at that last thing that the bridegroom says. I'm going to go back to the verse before that or sentence before. Will you catch them and remove them for me? And then he looks at you and he says, we will do it together. Oh my God. Give God praise. Amen. That is worthy of praise. That is worthy of praise. I love him so much. He calls me into his holiness. He gives me his righteousness. And he says, now, are you willing to take care of those sly little foxes? And if I'll just say, yes, Lord, he'll say, good, we'll do it together. I'll help you. 
I'll give you everything you need. So see, he's telling me everything we need for this house, he's giving us. He has given, he is giving, he will give. Stand up with me, please. Sometimes I think I have too much fun, but I'm so honored to be able to honor this couple today. I'm honored to be on staff with every one of our staff pastors and spouses in every area. Pastor Mitch and Miss Sonia over in Lawrence County. I, it is such, a, such an honor. I can truly say we love one another. And it's not just Christian, oh, I love you. No, it's, I love you. I love you. Because God's placed that within us for each other. But you know what? It goes further than that. And Phyllis was saying it earlier, and I really trust you got a hold of it. It's not just words. It, it comes from the heart. And sometimes when it's so deep in the heart like that, words fall short. We do love. We love this couple, each other, but I love you. And you know what? We're also able to do that because you reciprocate. You, you let us know that you love us as well. You let us know you love us by praying for us. You let us know that you love us by supporting. and You're there. We want to be there for you. It's phenomenal what God has put together here at Calvary. Don't you ever take your church for granted. Do you hear what I said? Don't you ever take your church for granted. God has given us a phenomenal place here. Are we perfect? No. And we won't be until Jesus Christ comes back and we're changed to be like him. But until then, we're working on it. We're doing everything we can. And we have a phenomenal church with phenomenal pastors and a phenomenal future. thank God for 39 years in the past but again I'm looking forward to the future I am I told first service what I was talking about let God arise and his enemies be scattered I'm going to follow him and I may be the one you look in the crowd and I may have that Chester limp but I'm going to be right there with him but you know what I believe Hey, that needs being healed too in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I'm going to make that declaration because I know it in my heart. Everything that is going on, there's healing in Jesus Christ. But the years that God has in store for you two in the future, He's not going to let anything go by the wayside. Everything He's put in your heart, He's going to fulfill it. And I know sometimes we just don't know how. But there's sometimes it's not for us to figure it out. Just don't miss the opportunity. And I know that's their heart. They don't want, they will not miss the opportunity because they're praying. Continue to pray for them, love them, lift them up. Today, tomorrow, next week, next month, all this year. Show your appreciation and your love for them. We love you. I declare blessings over you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you again for allowing me to just be on staff here. Thank you. 
thank you, thank you. And may God bless you in spirit, in soul, and in body. May God bless all that you place your hand to do. I declare that you are the head and not the tail. I declare that you are blessed in your rising up and sitting down. I declare that you're blessed in your going out and your coming in. Blessed in the city and blessed in the field. I declare in the name of Jesus Christ that you are the head and not the tail. And in Jesus' name, bless you, bless you, bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.